Jay Crowder is nearing his Milwaukee Bucks debut, so why better time than to bring in someone who knows a little bit more about Jay Crowder than we do in recent years. Gerald Borgay from Phoenix is going to come here and let us know everything that's going on with Jay Crowder and what it's like to cover a team that just added Kevin Durant. And back to Crowder, he said some interesting stuff about the 2021 NBA Finals, so we will bring that up. We're not here to rub it in. We're here to support. But let's face it, these two teams might be on a collision course again, so let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at ESPN. And alongside me today, Gerald Borgay, as I said, covers the Phoenix Suns and is now doing an outstanding job at the PHNX Sports. <laughs> and this has been, a, a, I would say, a, a building uh, franchise that's doing some great stuff across the US as well. So he covers the Phoenix Suns and knows everything that is going on with them. So make sure you check out his work there. As always, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every day if you haven't subscribed yet on youtube or the audio platform make sure you do that it's free to do and jump in uh, with the comments particularly on youtube it's starting to really pick up steam and uh, we love it we love the interaction and it helps us big time as well today's episode is brought to you by price picks first time users can receive 100 percent instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on that's pricepicks.com promo code locked on all right gerald we're going to talk about Jay Crowder, and I want to dive straight into the Jay Crowder stuff because Bucks fans are, I would say, pretty optimistic about being able to pick him up for pretty little, let's be honest. But there are questions because we haven't seen him play for a while. But first, you're doing some fine work over at PHNX, as I said, and you've just brought on board a man that is close to my heart, Jock Landau. <laughs> How's it all going over there with Jock? Yeah, it's been fantastic. Jock is a real character. We love him over here. Uh, we just <laughs> added him as a partner, and he is one of the most straight shooters I've ever seen in the NBA. So we love having him around over here. Yeah, Bucks fans are thankful that he's not on the Bucks because they already have to deal with me talking about Joe Ingles. <laughs> and they're like, one Aussie is more than enough. Do not let us have another Aussie. So they'll probably be happy if Jock doesn't end up with the Bucks. But, you know, hopefully the start of a, a long career in the NBA for Jock. Let's talk about Jay Crowder, though. So I think in theory, the idea of adding... Jay Crowder to this Milwaukee Bucks team, another defender. Everyone's looking for the guys that can defend the wing, potentially multiple positions, big, strong guys, which Jay Crowder fits the bill in mm-hmm. theory. What if maybe if we backtrack a little bit first, what is the view out of Phoenix and certainly you as covering the team about what the hell went wrong with this <laughs> relationship with Jay Crowder and the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, I mean, the it was kind of baffling, really, because you look at obviously the Suns season ended in calamitous fashion with that game seven meltdown. But you look at what they were able to accomplish in the two years together. There was the finals run the year before, and then they go on to win 64 games, which was a franchise record. You thought at least that everybody would want to run it back uh, for the following season after a two year run like that. And, And Jay Crowder was a fan favorite. He's a guy that was well regarded in the locker room as well. Um, and the two things that we heard were a, that he called Monty Williams, 
you know, or Monty called him telling him that Cam Johnson would be starting. He didn't take it well. Um, and the other was that he wanted kind of a premature contract extension um, because he looked around and the other four guys in the starting lineup had gotten extended in some form or another. Um, whether it was one or both of those things, I'm not sure, but he's definitely lost his fan favorite card here at Phoenix. Um, that's just going to happen when you miss a whole season, especially when Cam Johnson gets injured a couple of games into the season and you could have really used a guy like Crowder at that position. Um, it's unfortunate because his tenure here was really big in, in supplementing the culture, uh, helping the Suns get to where they got to. But he's a guy that, you know, for his inconsistencies, for the fact that he missed and sat out all of this season, um, you know, fans don't look kindly on that. But he's kind of always, for me at least, he's always been comfortable being the villain. That's been the case at every stop in his career, and it certainly wasn't stopping him here. Um, so for me personally, he was a delight to cover. He was one of the best guys to talk to on the team. Um, one of the best defenders and communicators on that end that I've ever encountered in the league. So I personally wish him well, but you know, there's, there's obviously some, uh, there's a grudge out here in Phoenix against him for sure. Yeah. It's really fascinating because he is also, I mean, we talk about older players, but these days, 32 years old, is not exactly what it was a decade ago. So it is, on one hand, you can sit back and say, well, you can understand he's looking for one last, whether it's two-year, three-year deal, that he can get that last payday. Was there ever any thoughts or feelings from from your mind covering this team that it would be possible for him to return to this Phoenix Suns team? Like, did that relationship seem repairable or were they like, look, he's not, he doesn't want to be here and they completely moved on? I think the Suns made the mistake of thinking that they were going to be able to trade him quickly. And so mm -hmm. the agreement that they came to with him was this is mutually beneficial. Like you don't have to come to training camp and deal with awkward questions. And we just kind of start the season and we look good to the outside world by saying like, yeah, we're going to do right by our player and trade him somewhere where he can compete and get what he wants. And then the trade never came. And so both sides were stuck in this awkward stalemate where they're like trying to do right by Jay Crowder, but they really could have used him. And I think those bridges were burned between Jay and Monty at that point, as far as like Monty didn't really want to put up with a guy who, like you mentioned, he's 32 and Cam Johnson was clearly the future for them at that spot um, until they made, you know, a huge blockbuster trade later. Um, but so I, I just think it was one of those things where they were trying to do right by him at the start. And it just spiraled to the point where there was no turning back. And Jay certainly wasn't going to change his mind. Yeah, interesting. So was there ever any thoughts from your mind then when you look at that? And we all do this, and I say this all the time. There's nothing more exciting than when you've got young talent on your roster and you want to give them the opportunities, particularly when you, you think you're in a contending window, which the Phoenix Suns are. So how did you just purely view it from the Suns' point of view of deciding, hey, Jay, we would love to have you, but... <laughs> Can you, can you be the sixth man and still play major minutes and play an important role? Like, how did you view the actual decision to, at the time, want to push these young guys into the starting roles? Yeah, I mean, I think it was time. Like, obviously, you watched the playoff series last year. Jay could not hit a shot in the Suns' first-round series against the Pelicans and then against He's the He's going to fit in well with the Bucks if he can't <laughs> shoot a three in the playoffs. Hey, we're ready to go. Yeah, well, that, that's definitely something you're going to have to watch for with the inconsistency. But it was funny <laughs> because the next series against the Mads, he shot the lights out. It was night and day. The problem was the Mavs were letting Jay Crowder beat them and living with that. Um, and that's kind of where things went wrong those last five games in that series. So I, I think it was time for the Suns to make that switch. Cam Johnson, you know, he's not young. He's 26, but 
he was part of their core four in terms of the young cornerstones that they were going to build around. Um, and they needed a little bit more offensive firepower, a little more reliability from three point range. Cam's obviously one of the best three point shooters in the league. Jay can be, but then he can also be one of the worst depending on the night. Um, so I, I think it was time to make that switch, but obviously Jay Crowder did not agree with that. So. All right, we've got more questions to ask Gerald here, including the big one. Is Jay Crowder washed? What can we actually expect from him on the court? And then we're going to move into Kevin Durant going to Phoenix and the Bucks and the Suns potentially being on a collision course for a 2021 NBA Finals rematch. Before we get to that, we're going to talk about our friends at Prize Picks. Pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And if you're a Bucks fan, uh, we always say going the over on Giannis stats. Normally a pretty smart idea, and I assume it's the same with Kevin Durant when he's back on the floor for the Phoenix Suns. But you don't have to just look at basketball when it comes to prize picks. Uh, baseball, not too far away from firing up. You can get into hockey if you're into that thing. Uh, PGA Golf, which, by the way, like most people, I've been watching this uh, doco on Netflix, and it's pretty fine stuff. So you, you learn a little bit about the game of golf. But the point being, you can find any sport you want on prize picks, and entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. The, the withdrawals are safe and fast, and it's currently operational in over 30 states and Canada as well. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code Locked On. And if you deposit 100 bucks, you'll get 100 bucks back. Deposit 50, you'll get 50. Pretty simple stuff. Don't forget to enter the promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's prizepeaks.com. I'm going to keep this as simple as I can, Gerald. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that Jay Crowder can actually be an impact player for this Milwaukee Bucks team who, uh, much like Phoenix, are looking to make another deep playoff run? I do, honestly. And I, <laughs> there's, there's always the minimal chance that he is, in fact, washed after not playing <laughs> all of the season to this point. Um, it is hard to jump in and it's hard to replicate, replicate game speed, um, game conditioning. You know, he, he's probably in fantastic shape off the court. He's probably been diligent about getting his individual workouts in, but there's nothing quite like playing in an NBA game. Um, but I do think that just the defensive intangibles, the toughness, the grit, um, you know, I hate to go to like a bunch of intangible things, but like, he is legitimately great at those things, and they do make an impact, especially on a title contender caliber team like the Bucks are. Um, I think he's really going to help defensively. He can plug up a number of holes. He's great at communicating on that end. It might take him a little bit of time to pick up whatever Milwaukee does defensively, but I, I do think he's a good fit for them. And if he can knock down a couple of threes, you know, he, he justifies his existence on that end. He's actually an underrated passer as well. He's just the perennial glue guy. So I, I do think he can make an impact. There's a chance he's washed. He is 32 now. Um, but I, I do think he can help this team. So the big reason that we all theorize why the Bucks have gone big time, and, and every team's doing this, but they've gone big time in trying to get these guys that, and Crown is actually smaller than you think, but he, he sort mm -hmm. of naturally has been able to defend a little bit bigger because of his size and strength that he does have. But get those guys for what in the Eastern Conference looks like a collision course with Boston. But if you get beyond that, obviously Phoenix have a number of guys you need to worry about, particularly now, and and the Clippers as well with, with Kawhi and Paul George. So Jay Crowder defending 
let's just stick with the Celtics. Uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum types. Everyone wants to look and say, well, this is PJ Tucker from the championship run. I've been pretty strong that they're very different defenders. I think Tucker can go smaller than Jay Crowder. But how do you view uh, his, I guess, recent years defending those types of elite wing players and scorers? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's done a decent job. He's obviously not in his prime or his heyday anymore. But yeah. um, and, and you mentioned Tucker, like obviously Tucker's a bit more physical. He can play that small ball five to where I don't think Jay uh, at this point in his career is suited for that type of role. But he can defend two through four pretty capably. Um, again, I don't know how much of a step he might have lost in these last few months. Um, especially because he was probably going to lose a little bit of a step compared to like last year or the year before, just given his age. But I, I do think he is a very capable wing defender. And he's really, like I said, he's really good at rotations and communicating those rotations. Like the Sun's strengths over the last couple of years defensively, not as much about cutting people off at the point of attack, but the way that they are able to rotate, cover for each other and communicate on those things. And, and Jay Crowder was one of the best, I think associate coach Kevin Young said that Jay Crowder is the best he's ever seen in terms of those types of things. Um, so I, I do think he's still going to be a challenge on the wing defensively. I don't think at this stage he's, you know, shutting down a Jalen Brown or a Jason Tatum, but he will make life difficult for them. He is the type of guy that can get in opponent's heads with some of the antics and, and some of the things that he says and does on the court. But I, I think he's going to be able to help the Bucks defensively for sure. So it's interesting because when you, we do bring up PJ Tucker, everyone, or I won't say everyone, but a, a large section of the Bucks fans love the fact that PJ Tucker was happy to to mix it up and talk and just be a huge pest to the opposition. And if you look at the guys like Middleton and Drew Holiday, they're not they're not really like that. That's not kind of the way mm-hmm. they go about it. Even Giannis doesn't really do that. They're not big talkers on the court. So there is a general excitement about having a guy with that type of attitude for a postseason run. But then there has also just been the people asking the question, if Jay was just willing to walk away from a team that was great and, and in theory, not want to support his teammates that are, that are obviously trying to make a run to the championship, is there any concern about him from the locker room stuff? Because from what you've kind of said, it seems like he is generally, when he's coming to work, a mm-hmm. very much liked uh, member of the locker room. Yeah, and it's kind of bizarre because you would think that some of the Suns players would look at him a certain type of way after, I mean, they don't put it this way, but he basically like quit on the team this year. So you would think that they would hold that against him, but instead they all came out in support of Jay saying like the business side is the business side. Like Jay is always our family. He's our brother. Like we support him. Um, So oddly enough, the Suns understand. So I I understand the concerns about the locker room chemistry and and whatnot, what kind of effort he's going to give, but to me, I feel like he got out of where he wanted to get out from, and now he's with a team that can compete for a title, and I, I'm assuming he's going to put his head down and work hard. Now, I don't know what the future holds for him and the Bucks in the future. <laughs> like, I don't know if this is just like a 22-game rental for the Bucks or whatever, but um, I do know for the remainder of this season, he's going to bust his ass for this team. Like, that's that's just kind of what he does Um, So I personally wouldn't worry about the locker room stuff, especially, especially for a guy like that. If he gets the chance to be on the team that beat Phoenix in the finals Mm -hmm. and play with them now and potentially see them later, like he's going to relish that opportunity. I'm sure. 
Yeah, and as you pointed to, perhaps uh, another pretty important factor is there is some dollars on the line for uh, Dre in the future, <laughs> yes. which was the whole reason why, or a major reason why he didn't play in the first place. So yeah, I, I would bet that it's going to be a pretty nice fit. And he's back in a city, obviously, that he's familiar with mm-hmm. uh, from college as well. So I think that will be important there. Uh, what was going through your mind when the tweet comes through and were you awake? I mean, it was sort of <laughs> middle of the afternoon here in Australia. So I was very mm-hmm. much all over the Kevin Durant stuff. But when you get the tweet come through and say Kevin Durant is coming to Phoenix, because there was a few like tiny little ripples that who knows what Brooklyn's going to do. But I just figured as long as Kevin Durant wants to stay in Brooklyn, why the hell are you trading this guy in his prime? You figure it out, you build around him and see what you can do. But he's coming to the team you cover and it happened very quickly. Yeah, it was honestly kind of shocking because we had all heard the, you know, that Kevin Durant wanted to be here over the summer last summer, Mm -hmm. but there had been no like rumblings or anything leading up to the trade deadline. We knew that Kyrie Irving had requested his trade and everybody wondered how it would affect KD and whether he wanted to be there, whether the Nets got enough back in their trade with Dallas. But we figured those questions would be over the summer, not like Mm -hmm. over the next two days or whatever it was before the trade deadline. So that was kind of bizarre. I was literally laying down ready to go to sleep. And then I get the text and I'm like, all right, well, we're going to pull an all-nighter tonight. Like, we're not going to bed tonight. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty bizarre. And, and honestly, like looking at the history of the trade deadline or midseason trades in general, there hasn't really been a name that quite compares to a Kevin Durant being traded in the middle of the season, let alone to a team like Phoenix that's well positioned to absorb him, to – Um, you know, he's always been one of the most adaptable superstars, but the Suns have really good pieces around him and can immediately put him in championship contention. It's never really been done before where a midseason piece this big comes, joins a team with like 20 games left and wins a title. Um, But if there was going to be a team that was capable of doing it, this Suns team has to be high on that list. Yeah, I totally agree. No concerns about the fit. Just the only concern is potentially the health. And as we said, uh, maybe the Suns and the Bucks. Speaking of health, we've had uh, the own uh, our own Giannis scare over the last week or so. Fans have been very, very stressed out, but it seems like somewhat good news. And you know, it would be fun if it was the Bucks and Suns again. And I want to ask you about the 2021 NBA Finals, though, because Jay Crowder did say something that was fascinating that I wouldn't mind getting your thoughts on next after we talk about Built Bar, uh, the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made. And I should say, if you're about to fall asleep. A blockbuster trade comes through, and all of a sudden you've got to push through the night. The snack that probably is going to help you better than any is a built bar as well. And uh, you might ask, what makes built bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, uh, which is hard to believe for a healthy snack. They have delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond as well. I'm not really sure how they're healthy, but they are. They only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and uh, very generous 17 grams of protein as well, which you'd love to see. And you don't just need to go to built.com to get a 13-bar box now. You can go to Walmart, you can go to Sam's Club, and you can just chuck them straight in the car and have one on the way home as well. So if you're near Walmart or Sam's Club, head in there, grab a 13-bar box, grab the hit flavors, brownie batter and churro, and you can thank me later for that. Or go old school and go to built.com. So Jay Crowder's introductory press conference, Gerald, he I don't know if you caught it. But he was asked. Nat- he was naturally asked about the 2021 NBA Finals and about about the fact the Suns were up 2-0. I don't need to remind you. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of talking about the idea that 
you know, outside of CP3, I mean, there was some young stars on this team. And he said that the team kind of started to get this sense that they were pretty happy with what the, their own work and maybe just mentally got a little bit ahead of themselves. And whether or not this is true or it's in hindsight, but he was saying that, you know, I was trying to remind these guys I've been here before. They are going to come back. They've got Giannis. I've been against this guy before. How do you look back on how the team handled that after the loss or perhaps handled it in the moment? Because obviously they had an unbelievable regular season last year. And almost the fallout in the postseason was hard to believe. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like looking back on that final series, I do think it was a case of these guys had never been there before. And to that point in their finals run, everything like the stars had aligned perfectly for them. Like and not just the injuries that people bring up to try to kind of like derail yeah. whether that was a legit run, but like. It just every moment, every game brought a highlight of some sort, or it was just this magical run that the franchise had only been to the finals three times. Like everything seemed to be lining up, and then they get there, they go up 2-0. Like Giannis is obviously banged up coming into that series. I don't, I don't think they took their foot off the gas, but for a team that had not lost four games in a row all season. I think they looked at it like we've only got to win two of these next five games. Like we we're we're good. Um, and, I, and I do think it's a matter of like being there before. And, and I think that's probably what Jay Crowder was speaking to. Like this team was young. A lot of them, it was their first playoff run ever. So they're, they're winning series after series. They're like, Oh, we're just going to do it again. And of course on the other side, you've got a Greek God who was like, no, I'm <laughs> getting healthy now. Like you guys are in trouble. Um, and they just didn't really have a, an answer for Giannis. Like, no team really does. Um, but DA, when he got into foul trouble or when he sat, Giannis just went ballistic. Um, and I think last year was honestly more shocking because at least in the Buck series, aside from like one game, most of those games were pretty competitive. Um, I think the game five where they went up early and then there was a six-minute stretch in the second quarter where the Bucks came roaring back, really knocked them off balance. Um, and that was the game that pretty much decided the series in my book. But last year was the one that was like really stunning because they had beaten the Mavs, I think nine or 10 straight times after game two. Hmm. Um, and then they go on to lose four of the next five and all four of their losses were pretty much blowouts, including that horrific game seven at home, which is unlike anything I've ever seen. So that was the one where I was looking at it and I was kind of like, man, this came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting it. At least against the Bucks, it was like, this is a championship caliber team that you lost to, one of the greatest finals performers of all time that we've ever seen. But the Dallas one was the one where I was like, okay, something feels weird. Like, And, you know, they brought up the COVID thing. They brought up, um, you know, Chris Paul wasn't fully healthy, whatever it might have been. But there's still no excuse for losing that series the way that they did. So that was kind of interesting to me. So the Kevin Durant stuff obviously juices this team up. And by the way, there's context to why it's been up and down this year. Booker's missed an extended period of time. People always seem to not mention that when they're talking about the Suns. But <laughs> right. the Chris Paul clock. Now, clearly Kevin Durant helps this. And I I mean, the, the easiest way to look at it, if Chris Paul is your second best player, then it's a little bit different to if he's your third best player. But mm. where do you where do you see he is at right now? Clearly he's at the very back end of his career, although we've been saying that for a while, but also just the concern around his health. Is there a, a general anxiety that follows this last little run here for Chris Paul? I think so. And I think that's inherent with a guy like Chris Paul being 
you know, not just one of your four best players, but just in your starting five in general at this point, like he missed a whole month with right heel soreness is what they called it. And it was initially labeled a day-to-day injury misses a whole month. And then same thing with a right hip soreness that kept him out for two weeks. So it's, it's hard to tell if they're just being extra careful with him because he is 37 now and he does have that extensive injury history. And last year proved like you can storm through the regular season all you want. It doesn't matter Hmm. come playoff time if you're not fully healthy. Um, So I'm hoping that's what it is for the Suns, but um, you've also got to bear in mind that he is older now that injuries take him longer to recover from. I do think with Kevin Durant here, that should rejuvenate him a little bit in terms of, okay, I've got these 22 games and one playoff run. Like this is kind of my best last shot at a title. Like the Suns aren't going anywhere next season, but if he regresses compared to last season next year, the way that he did this year, like this is his last best shot. So I, I do think having Kevin Durant eases the pressure on him to create a lot of his own shots. Um, he's improved a lot this season as a spot-up uh, catch-and-shoot guy, playing off the ball a little bit more. And I think with KD and Book, the pressure on him to create everything is less. But he can be a guy that just facilitates because he has elite all-star <laughs> scoring options all around him now. Um, so I do think that will help. I do wonder, okay, is he going to be targeted defensively? Is he going to have enough in the tank to where he can perform well? Cause he has had just off shooting nights a lot more often this season. And can he be efficient from three point range when defenses tighten up? Um, there's, there's definitely concern there, but I do think trading for Kevin Durant, everybody on this roster is in agreement. Like it's go time now. And that's especially true for a guy who's been trying to get over that title hump for the better part of what 18, 19 years now. Well, I said, if you're a Bucks fan, you just look and you say, hey, you want to take Kevin Durant from the East and we don't have to worry about him in the postseason. We will absolutely <laughs> take that. But the Bucks and the Suns might be on a collision course for the NBA Finals. Gerald, really appreciate, appreciate your time. As I said, for everyone listening, if you're not familiar, go check out PHNX, uh, I believe on Twitter. It's at PHNX underscore sports. I, I was, I'll be honest, I was familiar with it because of Jock Landale's fine work on your programs. And then I've stayed for the rest of the good content. You're killing it. And we appreciate your time. I appreciate that, King. Uh, All right. Make sure you check out the Locked On Game to Game podcast as well daily on your Locked On NBA feed. You'll get a recap of all the games from across the league, from all the different hosts across the Locked On podcast network. That's Locked On Game to Game. Make sure you check it out. Uh, Thanks again for listening to Locked On Bucks and making it your first listen. Check it out on YouTube or your audio platform. Drop your comments about the Bucks. Drop your comments about Jay Crowder and, of course, a potential rematch. And if you want to just talk about the the memories of the 2021 NBA Finals, we also love doing that as well. So make sure you jump on YouTube, hit like, and subscribe. That helps us, and we really appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow. Still a couple of days till the Bucks play this break. Good for the players, not so good for the daily podcasters. But we will battle through... We'll catch you all tomorrow.